0: brother number one of a kind, Onyx Truth, and uh, here we have uh, my two guests on my first show, uh, Malcolm and uh, Rainier of uh, LAG, which is you know, Love, Life of an Asian Guy. Uh, would you guys like to um, give your introduction?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Rainier Meningding. I am the creator and author of The Love, Life of an Asian Guy initially started off as a blog on WordPress and then moved on to Facebook, uh, the Facebook pages. So we've been uh, writing for several years, but in the last few years sort of uh, had major growth. Um, but we talk about a lot of things, primarily about um, race relations, uh, intersectional feminism, and we do an analysis of pop culture, uh, whether it's international or American. All right.
0: Malcolm?
2: All right. Uh, my name is Malcolm Bevel. I'm a graduate student at the University of South Carolina. I also uh, am a part of the Live Life of Asian Guys, the moderator. if uh, Some people will know I'm the guy with the band hammer or the, the, <laughs> in, the infamous side eye. No, um, we enjoy ourselves a lot with our uh, post on that page. And I try to add some commentary as best as I can as being a black man in America. I also do research in terms of health disparities in the black community as well as other communities and other populations and uh i'm also very heavily involved in my fraternity omega sci Phi fraternity incorporated so that is me
0: oh snap all right all right the, um the first topic we're going to talk about is um is the ally system the uh, white allies that exist and for those who are listening um in this uh, civil rights fight we have we have uh the primary uh, movers and shakers, which are usually people of color or uh, people of uh, the specific um, gender, color, or um, human description at hand. You know, and, you know in regards to really racism, you know, you have people of color and you have uh, white folks who follow who or should follow. And uh, sometimes, a lot of times, you know, uh, white folks who wish to be abolitionists They may get out of hand. They may um, get a little egotistical or uh, they may take themselves too seriously. They may want to, you know, center center everything on them or their uh, ethnic group in America. And that's where we may have problems and stuff. Um, So. uh, So, Malcolm, what is your take on a toxic white ally? You know, what's your, your experience with that?
2: Honestly, it just has pretty much surfaced in the last two weeks, if you will, Uh, more specifically last week. My experience, and I just actually look at allies holistically, but if we're talking about uh, anti-racism, combating uh, anti-racism, our main allies are comprised of white people. Uh, I would say toxic in the sense of people who are not humble about their work, no matter if you are – somebody who identifies as white and you're, you know, a part of the movement to combat anti, uh, to combat racism, if you are a man like we are, we're cis, uh, gendered males, if I'm not mistaken, and we're fighting against uh, sexism, misogyny, um, you know, whatever you deem yourself in terms of an ally in the movement, uh, the toxic allies are not humble. They think that they are above and beyond reproach that they cannot be critiqued uh and that's very problematic especially when we're trying to combat a system that is already trying to separate us into these different classes in terms of uh gender race uh, income things of that nature and it's really not a white versus black or a black versus asian or a man versus woman it really isn't us the american people if we're talking solely about america versus a systematic problem perpetuated by certain individuals and when you have allies that aren't humble in this fight that can cause tension within and that's a tension that supremacy identifies with and will
0: try to exploit Uh, i agree with that there we should take uh, rain
1: so um as far as toxic white allies i mean for me i've i've sort of run to them uh, throughout the gamut of me uh, blogging on the page. Um, I think the first instance was when I was writing primarily about interracial dating and it was right around the time um, of the Trayvon Martin incident and I started to talk about it and all these people who initially followed me to get all this relationship advice, they were sort of uh, a little bit jarred because the, they, they were so used to me talking about all this you know, relationship advice and then I started talking about Police brutality and these all these white people who had joined the page were upset. They were like, you know, this isn't the content that I subscribe to. Like, you need to go back to doing that thing that you used to do. You know, oh, why aren't you police. doing this thing? And it was really annoying because, you know, it's the love life of me. It's not you. It's not it it isn't <laughs> I, I If I wanna write about chocolate chip ice cream and which one's my favorite, and if I wanna go do a video of me reviewing bluebell ice cream then I'm going to go ahead and review blue Bell ice cream, you know? And Lead so it was, it was really annoying. And I think that going back to what Malcolm was saying, you know, I think it's a, it's a matter of um, positioning and it's a matter of um, these white allies who are essentially, um, I guess you can, you can compare it to um, uh, being a fan of a football team and hmm. watching as an audience member and cheering on and, and going to these games but then being so invested to the point where you're like, you know, what the hell, like you lost, like we lost this and like, you know, you, you ruined this for us. It's like, well, no, it's like, like I understand that no. you're like sharing on the sidelines. Yeah, you're exactly. Right. But you're not the one who sustained the injuries. You're not the one who mm-hmm. had to break the, their, their, their thumbs catching the ball. Like we are the ones doing the work. And I yeah. think that it becomes toxic when, when the person watching feels like they're the person who's doing
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think there's this one movie called The Fan with uh, Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. like an old '90s movie. Mm. That kind of what you said. That's that Let movie kind of you know is an analog to what you're pointing out there. So <laughs> the I've kinda, seen that. Yeah, The Fan got kind of carried away and like, uh-huh. you know, yeah, that's an awesome movie. I think. Yeah, if You'll you haven't that, seen you that see. movie, check that one out. The Fan. The Fan. Okay. The Snipes, Robert De Niro, and uh, nice. it has like uh, John Leguizamo in it as well. Okay. Awesome movie from the 90s. Um, yeah, I think I, I agree with all of that. Um, it is really possible for uh, an ally to totally get carried away. Uh, one of the primary things I see a, an ally do is uh, center everything on them. Uh, another thing I see an ally does do, which is the worst, is the absolute worst, is when they say stuff like – they're like – you know, there's, there's a – confusion usually is a miscommunication confusion around around everybody and they're like hey 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 I'm doing this for you guys and <laughs> it's, it's like
2: it's like we didn't necessarily complex or, thank you for the help but we didn't need you because we've
0: had yeah. this on our own for the yeah. longest but okay. I mean I'll, I'll say they're necessary um, but but they're not doing it for us at all it's not for us
1: yeah. it's <laughs>
0: for White people, it's not for us. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like when it comes when it comes to sexism, I don't say I'm doing it for women. I'm saying my my answer is that I'm doing it to fix men. I'm doing it to fix us. I'm not doing it for women, so I'm not going to be there and be like, you know, um, if there's a miscommunication somewhere and it looks like I'm being attacked by a bunch of ladies or whatnot in regards to the, the anti sexism fight. You know i going to say I'm not going to be like whoa 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 I'm doing this for you guys. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, you know. When a person that's does that it, it makes it seem like is is you know the humbleness that you know you you mentioned earlier Malcolm is totally mm-hmm. gone. It's 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 not existent. That's, quest- that's when motives are
2: questioned. That's when motives are questioned just being exactly. real about it. I mean, we could talk about allyship in war uh within within various wars throughout our history, and we can apply that to right now. When mm-hmm. you center it around yourself when it originally wasn't about you, then we have to question your motives. Like, you get the side eye. You're like, oh, you're doing this for us? OK, I mean, we appreciate your help, but I mean, so we're just trying to give you constructive criticism. I mean, what's your issue? So then you start to question them. And what their true motives are, are they genuine behind this, or are they trying to get this for Facebook likes, which I know has come up many times on your page, Rainier, and, um, and how people have even questioned you in terms of when you talk about uh, anti-black racism. And I yeah. just – I see it, and I, I get uh, the hesitation from some people. I get why they are apprehensive, but you can tell if you've been in this long enough, and if you at least try to ask questions instead of assuming – you can tell who's doing it for likes versus who's doing this because they have a, they feel they have a calling to do this.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things that always, uh, that always comes across is like, cause I try to deal with, uh, I try to handle a lot of, uh, these white allies and stuff is the fact nine times out of 10, they'll get paid nine uh, more than, than a person like myself would to, uh, say and relay the same message. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my answer to that, to that, because I'm a consequentialist, which is, it's not a conservative, it's not a liberal, it's something else. Okay. Because I'm a consequ- consequentialist, um, I'm, a, I'm an in justify the means type of guy. So, um, I don't really care. I don't care for credit. I don't care if someone, like, put me on a pedestal and, you know, put a medal on my, on my um, you know, neck. I don't care about any of that. Only thing I care about is the results, mm-hmm. is the mission. Mission complete? Yes or no? That's what I care about. So that right there, um, I think that I think that if a person is an ally, they need to have have that type of attitude where um, they don't care about credit because you can't. You know, a lot of these folks we don't know who they are. Um, you know, in history, the, um, the freedom writers. There's a couple of uh, white folks who got killed. You know, they got lynched, so to speak. We don't know their names. You know, there's numerous other white abolitionists that took place in the Civil War time period, and uh, we don't know who they are. They're invisible. They just mm-hmm. existed. I think we know of uh like Thaddeus Stevens. He was like a like a congressman. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln. That's it. There's like we really don't know that who these much. white folks were back then. There's many of them. We don't know who they are. Right. So, um, white folks need if you if you wish to be an ally or an abolitionist as I state. Um, I like that word better, too. Yeah, they, you know, you need like to understand that that everybody's going to remember Frederick Douglass. No one's going to remember Thaddeus Stevens. Um, everybody's going to remember Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. No one's going to remember those white freedom writers. They also got milk, milk spilt on their heads as well. You know, um, it's a thankless job. This is a thankless, a thankless position, period. Yeah.
1: You know, it's hard. It's difficult. So... I think, uh, I, I made this analogy the other day about how, um, you can't hold open the door for someone and then let them walk, it, uh, let them walk through and then say, Hey, you know, aren't you going to pay me? Like, where's my $5? Like you have to do this because you legitimately want to do it. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that when, when the allies start feeling like, um, they're owed, you know, when, when, when they feel like, yeah, exactly. When they feel like they, you know, um. Uh, they're on our payroll you know when they feel like um you know it's it's not so much that they're doing it as a favor it's more uh you know it's more about you volunteering your services you know and i, and I think that a lot of them feel that way they feel like oh you know i'm i'm dedicating this time for you guys like I'm, I'm writing about these things like why aren't you happy about this like i mean i'm doing the least that i can do like you know right now i could be racist I could be racist, but I'm not. God, so. and
2: how many times have we heard that on your page, man? Oh, like, my God. I, yeah, I've exactly. lost so much count on that. It's like, why could – I could, I, could I, I saw it on a different post, actually, and, and it was a young lady who – it's a it was a post, and I'm going to bring it up because I, I went to two HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities, and there's a cultural difference between black bands versus white bands. And that was the title of the post. And people were like, well, I mean, if you want to be technical, you could just say HBCUs versus PWIs. And this young lady, she jumped in there so defensively talking about, well, this is racist, you know, because this is just perpetuating the divide. This isn't the 1940s anymore. (laughs) You know, I could be racist, you know, by spewing all these other racial slurs. But aren't you happy? I'm not trying to continue the racist divide. But her original comment was talking about, so don't be mad and trying to pull the race card if you get pulled over by the cops. So we're all sitting there looking at her and we're like, whoa, (laughs) time out. So you could be racist, but you're not because you're not, you know, sitting up here saying the N word or any other anti-Asian slur or whatever, whatever, but you just played a racially charged card yourself by saying, don't cry if you get pulled over. Mind you, she said this and this was the same week that the, uh, the jury in Texas decided not to indict about Sandra Bland. Wow. Um... But you're not racist. Okay. That's okay. And I'm gonna, and I couldn't even call her an abolitionist ally or whatever. This is just a random person who probably honestly thinks they're not racist. And if this is the type of people that we deal with, whether the civilian, military, cop, whatever – that's that's a scary thing, and then th- the fact that we have allies saying that, allies saying that, boggles my mind. Boggles my mind.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I don't know what to make out of that. That's that's, that's categorically absurd. Holy shit.
2: It's just I, I was almost speechless. Almost.
0: I, I think <laughs> that I think uh, one of the, one of the, for a white abolitionist to be a good great ally. They didn't know that there's no such thing as not racist. I mean, everybody thinks they're not racist. Adolf Hitler. I mean, if you, if you were to take, if we were to time travel to antebellum South, apartheid. Well, we're still in apartheid America, but antebellum South. You know, 19, 1861, mm-hmm. Right. We we meet a slave runner, a slave master, and say, "Hey, you know, you're racist. You know, because you how you." treat your folks and what you're saying your ideology of life in regards to folks you're, you're a racist he's gonna be like huh what you're talking about i'm not racist no one ever thinks they're fucking racist hmm. there's no such thing as an r- actual racist who who's like damn man i'm a racist motherfucker and i mean it, yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't. You know, dylan roof doesn't think he every racist thinks they're fucking justified donald trump Totally thinks he's justified. He don't think he's racist. Most Republicans who,
2: who I'm just not PC. Who, no, engaging white racial animus. <laughs> you're you're racist. Fact, I'm sorry. As a,
0: as a matter of fact, uh, I wrote an article on that. Um, this is on Donald Trump, and um, part of it was approaching the well, the PC thing. I don't like being politically correct either, but there's a difference between politi- pro- political correctness and what's intelligent. You know, um, when you say that you will bomb every – like, you will kill the, the the women and children of some person you think they're a terrorist of, think they're a terrorist, that's not – you know, well, I'm, I'm, I don't like being politically correct. That's not, not – that's not not being politically correct. That's being stupid. You know, that's not political correctness to not – be foolish. – target civilians. That's intelligent. So what they really are doing, they're, obfusc- they're obfuscating um, – you know intelligence with political correctness and they choose stupid each and every fucking time. It blows my mind. Yeah, we can curse on this show, by the way. No way yeah. It's <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, kind of like I don't know, man, but but long story long, every single person who's a racist or racist as a description, uh, they don't know, they don't care. They don't they don't identify themselves as racist. So that's the worst thing that a person can say, a white mm-hmm. ally or a white per- anyone can say is that I'm not racist, you know. It's the worst thing. If it's not I'm not racist, it's, well,
2: I could be racist, but I'm not. And it's like.
1: And one of the things that you always I hear. i never heard is, that one before. That's yeah. funny.
0: It's one like of the things I could be, I could, I could act like, like, like
1: it, but yeah. What are you saying, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like one of the things that you always hear is like. um um what I was about to say. Um, well, like in, in this whole discussion of like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm not racist. Um, one of the things that people say a lot is, uh, well, everybody's racist. Everybody has a little bit of racism. That's another in one, too. Um, and, and I think for a lot of allies... Of this. And I think, that, I think the thing that allies need to do, I think that what people need to do um, in general, whether you're talking about racism or whether you're talking about sexism, um, is to not define yourself as, oh, I'm here. Like, I'm not racist. Um, cause I'm not saying that I think that, you know, that everyone is inherently like, Oh, everyone's inherently racist or anything like that. But I do think that people are constantly getting over that. I do think that people are constantly checking themselves. And I think that's an important thing. I think that if, if you are conscious of these thoughts of these, you know, prejudiced thoughts, and you know that like that's not right, or I shouldn't be saying this, or this isn't inclusive, I think that's the thing that's important. Um, because, um, you know, when when white allies think that they have arrived, they think like, oh, well, you know, racism's bad. Like, I'm just like not racist. Um, I think that they think that they have done all that they can, and I think that, you know, it's it's not that easy.
2: It's a dangerous
0: mindset to have.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... yeah. Like, one thing, uh, one question I have for you guys. Do you you believe that they are needed or necessary um, to exist and stuff? (laughs) Mm, If
2: I got to think about it. Um, It's not like we can't do it by ourselves. It's just always good to have help. Because, I mean, arguably, those who have been what one would deem an oppressed population, we've made it, we've made it work, whether it be, you know, gentrification among the black community and you know, how ghettos were formed and things of that nature. And and Rainier, you had posted this on your page. Like Mm -hmm. we, we made something of it. So when people talking about, you know, these ghettos and you don't, know how to keep them up and things of that nature. And it's like they never were upscale to begin with. I mean, you gave us crap, so I mean we tried to make something from this crap and it is now our crap. So how how dare you diss what you gave us? Um the wage gap the, the the wage gap, which is still being debated, uh that was given so then when people aren't who are in a press population have been doing it for the longest, It's I truly feel that those press populations are stronger than what society believes. So it's not like we can't do it by ourselves, but everybody needs help from time to time. So I don't know if it's necessarily, maybe I am saying it in a, long, in a roundabout way that they are necessary, I, but I don't know if I like the word necessary. It's always good to just call a
1: friend. I would say it like that. Okay. All right. Rain, what's your take? Um... <laughs> no, I don't think... I don't think that they're needed. Um, I know it's sort of, uh, a blunt way of saying it, but I, I look at it like this: um, if you stab me in the chest um, with a knife, um, you can't pull it out and say like, "Oh, see, I helped you. I helped you get better." <laughs> it's like, no. Well, you just you just stopped doing the thing that was hurting me, and so when white people say that, oh, like. You know, you need us. I'm essential. Like you can't do this without. Them. And I hear that. I I I read that comment all the time, where people mm-hmm. think that they that, that that we need them. And I think it's more like if white people just stop being racist. Even the white allies. If if white allies just never did anything, and we just had white racist people stop being racist, the problem would go away. <laughs> so it's not a matter of <laughs> them. It's not a, it's not a matter of them helping uh to push us up the hill and to push us up the mountain it's a matter of you know whoever's at the top you know to stop throwing rocks oh
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. i agree there um using a bit of your analogy there uh, i'll say that they are i don't want to use the word needed either i'll say that they are necessary like a necessary evil um they are necessary um not to push us you know up the mountain but to you know, while being on that mountaintop with well, those who are throwing rocks, it's to push those fuckers throwing rocks off the fucking mountain or uh, <laughs> pretty much, okay. Or um, cage them some. This is this is the analogy I usually use. Um, you have in every nation, every fully functioning nation that's powerful. You have a, um, a grandstanding armed forces or, you know, your ground forces, troops, which, which can be Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, any... You know, the, the folks you see that that are fighting the war, right? Then you have your clandestine operations, which is like your CIA, MI6, KGB equivalent, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, every every nation that's successful in their wars, in their conflicts, have those things. Mm-hmm. You have your clandestine ops and you have your, your ground forces, you know? And uh, when it comes to the white allies, I like to make the analogy that they are like the ground forces type. No, I'm mean, they're like the clandestine types. Like, say, they are the equivalent to, if we are America, Uh they're the equivalent to the Russian KGB agent that's turning against the KGB. And uh, I think that's very necessary, and here's why. Because they have so many agents within our ranks, you know, supporting white supremacy, Mm -hmm. that is not even funny. They have so many, there's so many, like, Ben Carsons, so many, Uh. um, David Clark's, that sheriff in the, in the Midwest. You know, there's so many, yeah. we have so many agents within our ranks, within our population, that that's just to the detriment of society as a whole. That's not even funny. We need something like that. We need something. We need a counter to that. Mm-hmm. So if one group, one group has a uh, clandestine operation, you know, uh, and, and another group does not, I believe, as a strategist, I believe that the group that doesn't have a clandestine ops Will fail if you don't have a counterintelligence agency or uh or, you know to counter to counter your Ben Carson's and David Clark's and shit and if you don't have that then you're gonna fucking fail. So sure. I think that we need I think that that's a necessary thing as as a grand scheme grand scheme of things but their job is different. You're not gonna employ a spy to uh, hop on a battlefield. As a matter of fact, if you know anything about American history when we did that we lost those wars Vietnam you know what I mean so so it's like when you try to we mix the clandestine forces with the ground forces you know it gets really messy so um, they have a specific job They're they you know and they should not confuse themselves with the you know army general the four-star five-star general on the battlefield you're not that guy you are invisible no one knows who you are if you were to die over any enemy lines there's plausible deniability placed no one' going to know that you existed you know mm-hmm. so they are they are supposed to be invisible um, they they that's where it's at you know what mm-hmm. I mean so they're necessary but their job is a whole lot different and I think that a lot of confusion places is where, is where uh, they think that they are us they think they are the actual fighters they mm-hmm. think they are the generals they think they are the uh, you know infantrymen. The pilots, they're not. You know, especially when regards to calling the shots, they're not. I believe that um, it's kind of like alcoholism, you know. Um, yeah, I'm drinking here, but I'm not an alcoholic. I, you know, <laughs> Alcoholism never really, um, really. messed nah. my life up. You know, it never harmed anybody. So I'm not an alcoholic, but those, they're actually those who are. And uh, when they recover, they help out others. So... Um, I don't know what it feels like to be an actual racist. So talking to uh, white people, I don't know how to I – don't, I don't come across that standpoint as a person who's an ex-racist or used to be racist or – I'm not within that white privilege system. So a person who's in that system, who's, who's recovering from it, they, they can probably – if they're speaking from the standpoint of uh, one who oppresses, who wishes to stop oppressing – that is that you know talking to white folks, you know that might be beneficial, that might work. But what they cannot do is act is be like, I'm the one who's oppressed, I'm the one who who has racism inflicted upon me, and this is how I can dismantle racism. It's mm-hmm. not that's not the case. If they're like. I used to be very racist, these are the things that I observed, these the things my family did, these are the things that I used to do I used to vote this way, I used to think this way mm-hmm. this is how you dismantle it they, if they come from that's that type of uh, way, that, that avenue of approach, I think that can be successful because I can't help I can, the help that I can give white folks is but so far as a matter of fact I don't even want to talk to all of them I, I'd, rather, I'd rather them do it I'd rather them dismantle racism. I don't wanna I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of a whole lot of it. Um, a lot of times when a white person says, Talk racism's a whole lot, you know, I'll say that's because you don't. If you talk about racism more, if you dismantle it, if it, it was over tomorrow, I get to go the fuck home. You would never hear from me again.
1: <laughs> you know? But yeah. They need yeah, to I'm fix like, that um, shit. I think uh one of the Things that you're talking about, um, you know, this phenomenon where um, these white allies will will help out um, and then they'll feel as if they were ever in the same amount of danger or harm um, as the people who are going into it. Like I, I think one of the most ridiculous things that Malcolm and I read uh, in the last week was someone who said, you know what, um, I have a – she was a white woman. I have a black – son or a black I already,
2: I already know where this is going.
1: No <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and, I already know this is going. And she and she said, And you know what, ever since I adopted him, um I've lost some of that white privilege. And I was like like <laughs> no, like that's not that's not how it works. Like, you know, you That's not how any if, of this works. If, if you know if going back, I guess, on the on on the football analogy, if it's like if, if the coach who is on the side Who's like, you know, outside of the stadium on the radio, and he was like, "Hey, um, I need you to do this, blah 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 blah." And then the people who are actually on the field are, are the ones getting hurt. And then after the game, um, the coach is like, "Man, I was really scared out there. I thought I was gonna die." It's like, no, like
2: you know, you're kind of mistaking <laughs> like, where you, you were. You in from? the skybox.
1: <laughs> you were the yeah, skybox exactly. coach.
2: I'm sorry. You
1: was... and so, and so when people <laughs> do that, you know, I think, and 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 I say that a lot. I think that a lot of these these white allies um, they'll get into these discussions and they'll be there with us um, talking about uh, or or uh, approaching these racist people who are leaving these comments and then they're like, yeah, man, you know I was right there with you like you know I it, it was, that, was, that was tough. it's like oh, I guess I mean I, i'm I'm appreciative, but it's like it's not the same. you know, when you're telling, when you're telling your white brother like to stop calling me a chink, it's not the same as when he called me a chink. So it's like, <laughs> right?
2: There's something that I yeah. wanted to touch on. Going back to the mountaintop uh, analogy, I think when you were talking about Johnny and hype, you know, basically preventing those who are up top who are being racist or classist or sexist, you know, yeah, throwing the stones down. Yeah. I I truly think there are some allies out there no matter what fight you're in who believe that they're actually not up there in those oppressor populations that they're not up there on the mountaintop and I think when they realize that yes we understand your character may not be the one throwing the stones but you still at least look like or can identify arguably from a societal standpoint those in those oppressed populations so I'm sorry you are on the mountaintop in some way shape or form so even though you're fighting with us, as you said, you know you're kind of a spy. You're kind of you're behind you're behind the curtain. You're, you're you're behind enemy lines. You're 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 trying to dismantle it from the inside while we're trying to destroy the castle walls on the outside. And but we don't. It's bad when it gets to the point where they're like, Well, no, I was down there fighting with you down there. It was like they don't know their place. You <laughs> in more ways than one.
0: They don't know their place.
2: There it is. So, okay, so (laughs) uh, if I may ask a question, so what is their place? I think that's where a lot of allies in whatever fight you are in, I think that's where they lose sight of, and that kind of goes back to humility. So what is their place? Do they, what do they talk about? How do they talk about it? Things of that nature. I mean, can we, can we touch on that?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, Rain, Rain, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I mean I think, um, obviously uh, within this last week whatever you know what's been going on the page I'm um, you know I'm a little biased obviously I'm not as extreme into thinking that like oh I, I don't I don't need them or I'm not appreciative I am I really am. I legitimately am because there's a lot of um, uh, white allies who, who do a good job um, that their role um, is to serve as uh, a messenger for me, I think that that's what is most needed. Um, they need to be. They need to serve as messengers. So if I'm saying that, hey, this movie's coming out, um, the the Ghost in the Shell uh, live action movie is coming out, and they're whitewashing it, this is bad. Then, as a white ally, you should say, hey, you know that's wrong. He's, you know, I support him and I support his community, so I'm not going to watch it. And if someone in my circle of friends is, you know talking about it, then I'm going to tell them that, hey, you know, this is what's going on. And I think that that's what they should be saying, you know, as opposed to saying, oh, this is whitewashing. Oh, this is like, this is hurting me. Like, oh, like, you know, I, I think that if you, if you, you know, the, the way that I approach issues within black community is that, you know, if I'm talking about uh, Tammy Rice or if I'm talking about Sandra Bland, you know, these are issues that aren't affecting me. And I have to speak on it from the perspective of this is wrong. This is affecting this is affecting somebody else. This isn't affecting me, but this is affecting, you yeah. know, one of our family members. So I think that when you talk mm-hmm. about it like that, that is how, you know, you, you you make some progress. If you if you know that you're always speaking on it from an outside perspective, and you're not trying to pretend like you were, you, you know, you were even in the bubble in the first place.
2: Don't be Rachel Dole as well. That's, the, interesting way
0: that, that's yeah. the point you made up. <laughs> um, you know, while you're a uh, person, uh, you know, a man of color, you know, you're not, you're not black. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think it's even worse now, now realizing this is kind of, it looks, it makes the allies that attack you or act the fool when your stuff look even worse, but you know, you're, you're kind of like a model to follow to, uh, if, if one were to, uh, you know, address, you know, you know, what's take place in the black community in regards to racism and stuff like that, you know, you're not black. So, You, you know, you understand how that works. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious in hindsight now looking back at it. (laughs) I mean, it's – okay.
2: Well, I was going to say, and I said this on the page when you made that post about allies, that the vast majority of the time when I've seen you post or when we had our discussion, when we met up in Atlanta or whatever, you don't speak for us. I don't speak for you. I don't speak for women. I don't speak for those who are disabled because I am able-bodied. I am just an advocate. I am the messenger that needs to get this message out to the masses. And if at any point in time I step out of line, please check me. And and Rainier, you have done that many times, and that is something that that allies need to do. Like, Look, self-check, and then, hey, if you feel that I'm stepping out of line, I will take it into advisement. I will pray about it, meditate, think about it, whatever, whatever, and go from there. And I just, I laugh when people try to come for you. And I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, he doesn't speak for us. He's just, he's getting the message out. And then there have been plenty of times where like I had to address misogyny that black men were perpetuating on the page or outside of the page. And Rainier he he just like Malcolm, you got it. That's what Ally does. He doesn't say. No, and I'm gonna speak towards misogyny of the black men as an agent. No, he he doesn't do that. He lets me handle that. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> and you know what I'm saying like we we know what we can and what we can't do, and how to articulate it the best way possible. And and we make mistakes. We're not perfect at this. We make mistakes, but we, but we, but have, at, but we are like... humble
0: enough to check ourselves. Yeah. yeah, like, uh, been, we were going to make mistakes, you know. Um, nice. Like, say, for example, um, one time, uh, there was this, uh, it was like a group of folks, it was like this gay, uh, this, it was a gay issue, and I said that, I'm not a gay activist, and all these gay folks attacked the fuck out of me. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 no. What I'm trying to explain is, is that I'm not a gay activist, but, I, you know, I stand for gay rights, like, they still attacking and stuff. I was trying to point. Out, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not against. It's it's like I'm not a gay activist. Like, like if, was, if this was the medical medical uh, community, you know, I am the uh, brain surgeon, right? If someone has a uh, uh, a sports injury, I'll will send this guy to the sports doctor. We're all friends. Like, I support medicine. I support the medical facility as a medical community as a whole. But as a brain surgeon, if someone's pregnant, I'm gonna send you to the pregnancy clinic. I'm not gonna I have them on speed oh, dial. Here we go like this. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, you know, pretend that that's my craft, because I'm gonna mess it up. You know, I cut cancer out of brains. This person deals with broken ankles, this person deals with pregnancies, this person deals with uh, you know, back issues. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we're all we're we're all on speed dial here. So just because have I do brain surgery, task. that doesn't mean that I'm anti-pregnancy or I'm anti-you know sports sports medicine or anti uh, ch- uh, child care. That makes no sense. Right. I specialize in this. I specialize primarily in racism and sexism and all the other stuff. I'm still learning. And if there's anything, um, you know, everyone has my support. And um, the, you know, whatever. It may be. I'll try to do my do the best I can. But for the most part, the primary fighters of this situation over here is that fighter of that situation over there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. It's almost like um, being a boxer, or a, I'm a taekwondo stylist, and um, there's a boxer over there. I'm not a boxer, but I support boxing. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, my fight is different.
1: You know, but yeah, we all like,
0: but we all are,
1: are a team. Yeah, like um, you know, one of the Ways that I try to explain this this concept is uh, uh, the Bill Cosby issue. You know, I'll I'll talk about Bill Cosby issue, the Bill Cosby issue, but um, you know I have to be very nuanced about it. You know, when I'm writing about it, um, I can't my analysis can't come from the perspective of oh um, this is you know like I, I can't be I, I can't come at it from the perspective of me criticizing black men or the cult or black culture. I have to come at it from the perspective of um, of, of male entitlement and patriarchy, um, oh, yeah. or I have to come at it from the perspective of me supporting the victims. Um, and that's when, you know, as Malcolm was saying, that's when I have to sort of tap Malcolm and say, Hey, you know, um, if you need to go ahead and address the men who are, you know, if you need to address black men, then, you know, that's your fight. Like, I can't do that. And sometimes I'll get these requests from these, these page uh, uh, members and they'll say, Hey, you know, I want you to go ahead and talk about, um, you know, misogyny among black men. And and I, you know, that's, I I can't say that if an Asian woman were to say, Hey, talk about misogyny among Asian men. Totally. Like I'm right right there. (laughs) So I I think that's what, you know, you have to do. And I think that for a lot of people who are sort of getting into it, whether they're, they're, they're white allies or whether they're anybody else who's trying to be an ally for somebody else. Um, you know they have to know uh, that even though they're really really passionate about something, they have to understand that maybe it maybe it's not their place to talk about that thing. Like maybe they aren't the best person to handle. Don't it. talk
2: about it like an expert. I guess that's yeah. that's one of the biggest yeah. pieces of yeah. advice don't I could give. I'm not expert. an expert. I'm I'm not an expert on sexism because I don't I don't deal I don't I don't face sexism. I, I'm not a woman. Uh, So I don't face what women face in this country and internationally. So I cannot be an expert about it. I can only once again, I could just only be a messenger based on my own research, what I've been taught, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give for those who are listening. Just don't don't think you're an expert. You're not. There's somebody out there that's going to know more than you in some way, shape or form, which, like I said, I just I cannot stress the humility factor with it. (laughs) Because you will get humbled real quick, depending on what subject you think you
0: know about. You know, you know what? Matter of fact, uh, when I say I specialize in uh, racism and sexism, um, the sexism portion is the male privilege portion. I primarily right. speak from the position of male privilege, mm-hmm. right? As a Matter of fact, I'll, I'll see stuff like, like, um, like in the military, right? A person will say something like, be a young soldier, say something like. How come they get to have long hair and we don't, you know, or something like this? It's just, it's like okay. ridiculously dumb stuff, you know. How come they get to have a skirt with their uh, Class A uniform? It's like, um, you know. Uh, I mean, do you want one? I mean, we could. Yeah, it's like, maybe, I guess, we could if you, I mean, we can. if yeah, it's, it's just the person speaking from a position of male privilege because in the military, it's – is by large male dominated women make mm-hmm. up 20% of the military population instead of like 50, 58, 55, like how the general population is. Mm-hmm. And, um, everything's male censored first. You know, uh, women are considered secondary, you know, like everything is subsequent. Like, okay, let's change the uniform this way, that way. Cause we have women now. Mm-hmm. So there's this huge play of catch up there. That's a, that's, part of male privilege we're i mean it's it's centered on us Mm -hmm. we are the default folks to die in combat you know like yeah so um that's how male privilege operates you know what i mean and um
2: and you are an expert in that
0: yes male privilege like that aspect like you know a woman says something about sexism and she's attacked you know while i say something about sexism and it's like there's no attack at all you know the i am like the, the i am beyond their defenses they can't say the same shit say to me, a woman, like, you know, woman say says something about sexism, uh, she's in her emotions. She's being emotional. I say the same thing, and it's like I don't get that emotional thing. I may say it just as emphatically, even more so. I may call folks stupid in her face, and I don't get called the emotional one. So it's like or the angry that's, black that's, man that's how you know, well I'm not calling angry black man when it comes to sexism, but that's how male privilege works right you know there's a privilege with the fact that I can like you know, I don't have to worry about someone calling me the, the emotional um, you know woman or whatever else. Uh, in regards to uh, race, oh yeah the uh, th- that trope is there angry black man mm-hmm. you're being confrontational. That type of shit. That's crazy. Why are you so mean? So you're confusing passion
2: with anger. And sometimes they interchange, thing. but
0: what's studies, wrong with being. Studies have shown that white folks will, uh, they'll register, you know, anger in a, in a black person's face or demeanor when it's not even there. So it's like, hmm. uh, It's like a psychology study. I'm just, I'm curious. Yes. It's a psychological study. Okay. And it's like, um, if these folks get, you know, the, the emotional expressions wrong or or they think anger more than they should, then maybe they should stop. They should like, you know, pause on that and realize what's being said versus, you know, trying to shut someone up based on what they think their emotions are. Mm -hmm. You know, um, interestingly, um, as a black man, it's a black male, um, Always thought that there's power in, you know, deterring that, you know, like I'm not angry. You know, I'm not angry at all. And, and just, you know, reassuring folks that I'm calm and cool and stuff like that. I think that's a, a big part of uh, the black community or black culture as a whole. You know, President Obama always seems cool, never really seems angry, you know, and it's like black people are are not allowed to be angry. You know, I mean it's pretty much how it it's is. I wrote on that. I think I wrote. I think the name of the article was, "Excuse me, is that allowed?" And uh, I talk about the angry black man trope or angry black trope. And I pointed out that, you know, I'm not going to cease doing that. That's yielding to the, uh, to the system. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's limiting too. It it, mm-hmm. it subtracts from one's character. How come a white person has full range of emotion while a black person cannot? A white person is never accused. Without consequence, too. White, a white man is is capable of, uh, of uh, displaying white rage, and uh, I define rage as uh, violence and anger combined. So a white person is capable, of, you know, show, uh, showing white rage, walk around with weapons and shit like that, right? Say that I'll shoot, you know, federal agents. They say shit like that. Folks in Oregon don't mean shit, man. They can do that like a black person can't even be angry or look angry or upset in a discussion of racism really
1: yeah and I think that um, I think a part of it comes from a lot of the ways that we create storytelling for for white people and people of color I think that you know when you when you're discussing uh, white rage or white romantic love or white frustration or white depression there's always this this thought at least that I think society um, likes to believe that there are reasons why they're mad oh they're, you know the, the, the guys in Oregon they're mad because somebody took their land or you know they they um, you know they were stalking this lady because you know there was there was a misunderstanding mm-hmm. whereas for people of color I feel like you know there's there's a different response to where like if if a black person were to get angry, they they feel like oh my gosh, like, you know like why are like why are they doing this or, or or they feel like that is like their innate response or that that's naturally how they are like oh my gosh like you know like, yeah they, 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 they naturalize they never... the anger yeah, or frustrations
0: exactly. of folks of color while and, they yeah. rationalize the uh, anger or frustrations of the white folks even when that you know even when the logic is not there when it's exactly. not justified.
1: Um, and it's, it's, it, it's uh, symbolic when, when you're talking about um, uh, mass shootings and how there's, always oh, that, how there's always that response of, you know, um, a mental illness and how that is the default response. Whereas if, say, for example, the shooter is Asian or the shooter is Middle Eastern, um, the response is, oh, well, you know, it's because uh, they were disgruntled and th- that they, they had you know, to they be were, a terrorist. Uh, Exactly. They were uh, uh, um, religious extremists. And so, you know.
2: Yeah. There are many double standards in this society that we we have to call out. And you touching on the mass shooters, especially, you know, me being here on the East Coast and dealing with uh, the tragedy in Charleston, South Carolina. To see people, not just online, but in real life here in South Carolina, trying to they looked at first Dylan Roof's mental health and then went from there and it's like you can't tell me and people say we can talk about race too much or flip it but no, let's let's get real and let's flip the script from a societal standpoint. You put Dylan Roof and give him any other shade of color and classify him as any other race and we're, we're not looking at his mental health first. We're just not. Society oh, yeah. does not do that even though there are rates that online, Google is your friend, look up the rates of mental health issues in the black community reported, look them up in the Asian community, things of that nature, and notice different uh, aspects of why mental health is an issue in these communities, but why we don't even ask about those when it comes to certain crimes, or even with certain victims. So when it comes to, like I said, a Dylan Roof, and he gets the benefit of the doubt of, oh, well, he must have been a troubled youth, you know, and they they address him as a kid and say that he's a kid, all the while people are saying that Tamir Rice is grown, and Tamir Rice was all at 12 years old. 12, 12, oh, exactly. Was he 12, 13? And he's 12 years old and considered grown, but Dylan Roof is a is a disgruntled kid. The double standards are everywhere, and, and yeah. going back to that mentality of, of, of of anger and versus uh, uh, mental health and things See, of that nature, and uh, the excuses made, it's just it's it is troublesome. In regards to, uh, correct,
0: Dylan Roof, I got kind of mad at uh, President Obama on this one, and uh, I'll say straightforward: um, I'm a supporter of the president. Uh, I voted for him, but but when he when he hurts me, you know, when he lets me down, he lets me down. It's kind of like having a favorite rapper. I'm fully capable of saying when when they suck, they put on a wax <laughs> song. Right. And, uh, you know... It's like, that wasn't Obama, good. President Obama put on a wax song when um, Dylan, Dylan Roof happened, and he blamed the gun. He, he blamed the the, uh, the fact that he was capable of getting the gun, and it's like, no, no, sir. The ideology. The ideology right. was the enabler right. uh, to what he did, not the fucking gun. I mean, the ideology is a problem. is It's a severe problem. Please, can you address this? I mean fuck, man, you're black, you know? And um, <laughs> it I seems think, like... I think he had to take a step back. And he's started. paralyzed. Yeah. It seems like he feels that he's paralyzed from saying anything in regards to racism because he is black. It seems like, you know, a part of white privilege is also the privilege to have the freedom to discuss racism almost. I mean, I Bernie like,
1: Sanders, he he'll, he'll, he he don't gives no fucks, you know? None, none, none. I think one things about... Um, one of the most interesting uh, stereotypes, I think, um, on on contrasting ends between um, black folks and white folks is that for white folks, there is always this lingering thought that they're innocent. And you need to figure out what that thing is. Whereas for black folks, there's always this one reason why uh, they should be guilty. And you need to figure out what that thing is. And I think that when you look at the way that we sort of address issues, like say, for example, Timmy Rice, if you knew nothing about him, the way like if if you were just like, hey, a kid got shot, he was black. The immediate response of the public is, well, what did he do? What did he have on him? Um, uh, what, was he, what was he wearing? Why was Whereas, he playing with a toy as, gun? The the immediate response is, oh, well, what was it like in his home? Um, you know, was he okay? Um, did he did he have Burger King? Um, you know, is his tummy okay? Like I think that there's always that that default to figuring out like, okay, well, we need to find the the honest truth about this white serial killer versus, you know, how they you know, portray black s- uh, citizens who were killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with
0: that. damn, Yeah, absolutely. So how do we fix it? We
2: know we have solutions, and at times we're hesitant to give solutions because not everybody knows the problem. We don't, and I Personally, I feel like the majority of people, regardless if they're listening or not, just I hypothesize that the majority of people don't even know what the true problems are. So how do we – you can't change people. So one solution I have – so, how, yeah, how do we change that? How do we fix those narratives that have been in place for centuries, arguably? One way is to continue to have these honest talks unadulterated, honest, humble, and letting people know like, look, this is a supremacy issue. This is a systemic issue. And we are just telling you our experiences backed by a fact that you could easily Google yourself. And the more we communicate with these things as opposed to stop talking about racism or stop talking about sexism or classism or whatever, whatever. Stop talking about so Not talking about something never solved anything. I don't, I don't recall a time where if I did talk about something, a problem was solved. Like growing up in school, like if I didn't ask my folks or a teacher, you know, for help or like if I had a problem with something and it just magically solved, it's the same thing with these discussions. It's the exact same thing conceptually with these discussions. So one, one obvious solution is to talk about it, but not just talk about it and have these unrated, uh, these unadulterated talks and being honest. But listening, if you are in a position of privilege, you have to listen and listen objectively. We're obviously, we obviously know not all white people. We obviously know not all men. Not all you insert that blank somewhere else. We get that. We're talking conceptually. So take yourself out of the equation. Humble yourself. Take yourself out of the equation and listen to what people say in their stories because obviously these stories are true. Yes. And that's, that's that's a solution that I believe that people aren't wanting to have right now I th- and yeah. I think in this society we have an instant gratification issue this is a long fight yeah and, and that's just it is what it is so I mean if you're in it for the long haul if you want to sit down and do the, the leg work dirty work let's let's talk let's have these talks that's that's one solution that I think that uh, is 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 not appreciated as much as it should be
1: yeah, yeah I, th- I think one of the ways that you um, can can sort of st- uh, uh, expand on this is to allow people from the entire spectrum uh, of opinions um, to be able to voice their you know to be able to voice their stories um, I think that when uh, I-, I know it's sort of an oversimplification but I think that you know when. When all the narratives that we have of, say, for example, Asian people, uh, one of the things I'm really passionate about is, you know, how do we get over the model minority myth? How do we get over this idea that Asian people are robotic and that they're all uh, subservient and they're all do-gooders? How do you go ahead and combat that? And one of the ways that I've figured out is by showcasing the stories of people who representative about that so that's why I talk about issues like um, uh, the impoverished people in Chinatown that's why I talk about people who are Asian who are homeless or Asian people who human are trafficking disabled. exactly and yeah. so when you when you allow all these different stories and voices to come out then you start to see wow you know there's 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 variety and there are people who who aren't like that um, and I think that's one of the problems is that we have such an oversaturation of uh, media that showcases one story about what a black man is or what a black woman is or what an Asian man is whereas you know the the, the stories and the narratives told about what whiteness is is incredibly vast like there are movies about about white trans people about white people who are um, who are porn stars or you know all these different types of characters and all these different Literally. types of, of scenarios And and I think that for a lot of people that internally you start to see why people as oh you know they're so they're so diverse and there's so many different there's so so many layers to them Um, whereas you know when all you see is Jackie Chan in rush hour then all you think of is Jackie Chan from rush hour
0: yeah Mm -hmm. think um, I
1: think the uh,
0: solution is is something really grand. first and foremost uh, we need to continue to have these discussions we need to um, we need to actually uh, we need to have proper abolitionists uh, in place in power in regards to our community, um, like the the black and Asian community, and also the black and black community. You know, all of us, all the all our um, all our non-white brothers and cousins. We need to uh, brothers, sisters, and cousins. We need to like reunify as we did back in the past. We need to realize mm-hmm. that that past actually existed. You know, there's a lot of uh, black and Asian folks who don't re- don't realize that there are tons and tons of Asian Black Panthers, you know, things like that. And mm-hmm. and the reason why this, you know, model minority myth exists now, you know, the fact that, that that's not how it always were in the United States when uh, Asian folks arrived. So, yeah. uh, you know, know, know that that didn't always exist mm-hmm. and know why it exists now to separate us. So the best thing we can do from there is reunify ourselves and, um, and then stand against, uh, I hate to put it this way, but the man. And uh, we do that by um, supporting black businesses. Uh, we we, we, uh, we unify, you know, our businesses as, as one. You know, um, I, in D.C., there's a lot of uh, Korean um, businesses and stuff like that, small, time, small businesses and stuff. And they kind of, like, see the black people, like, how white folks see black folks and try to stand off, quit doing that shit. You know, you're a part of our community too. You're fucking here. Look, you know the Korean the, the Korean corner store owner over there, that family's been there ever since I've been a kid. He's been there ever since the fucking sixties. Come on now, you're part of this community too, so act like it. Um, we need more lawyers of color because these lawyers, guess what? Not only will they defend and uh, and uh, prosecute folks properly, but these lawyers will then become judges. You see where this is going?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so
0: it's like we need it's, – it's funny how the Jews, man, like they get a lawyer. We can do the same thing. There's folks who – there's minorities who have done this before us. So uh, we need more lawyers who, who will then become judges. You know, yeah, so uh, that, you know. And also these lawyers will also become politicians, and if we have uh, politicians who don't forget where they come from or where their mm-hmm. interests lie, the, the, the interests of the community in which they come from, they'll stop the gerrymandering juryma- shit and all this other crap. You know, this, this goes for Democrats as well as Republicans. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a Republican, you got a long hill, uphill climb to change the climate over there. But do it. Don't be afraid. Fucking do that shit. You know, don't fucking don't toe the party line. Change the party, you know. Um, So yeah, those are um, solutions I have. And uh, like Malcolm said, these solutions uh, are—they may take place. uh, We might be dead by the time any of this ever take place. I make peace with this. I make peace with the fact that that I'm not going to see a lot of the progress. That you know we're supposed to make. Mm-hmm. One person asked me, uh, "What do you think you're What are you doing? What is you doing?" I'm like, "Look, you know, I write a lot. You know, like, okay, being a military guy, I've done things to save folks' lives from like a bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. They don't know who I am. I don't know who they are. I have no idea how many lives I've saved or how many, you know, actual targets actually were." found and you know acquired or I don't know you know but I do know that that exists and uh, when I write the articles I write and I think you know you can probably feel this too when you write the uh, the blogs you write there's really no telling how many lives you touch and what type of changes you're making mm-hmm. But you are laying the groundwork for the future though um, I point out to my friend that I don't want to be missed I want to be remembered it's about legacy and uh, honestly these things, you know, the groundwork we're laying right now, we're not we're probably not gonna see the results of it in our lives. It's probably gonna take place in two thousand sixty or two thousand eighty where where we see this change. Mm-hmm. You know, but just because we don't see it literally tomorrow, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight for it. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. So yeah though, man, Malcolm, you <laughs> the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. so it's going to take a while but there are solutions
2: it's going to take a while but it's worth it at the end of the day if you see it's worth it and and you just acknowledge that this is bigger than you then it also makes it a little bit e- at times it can make it a little bit easier
0: yeah I agree mm-hmm. okay well um I want to bring the show to a close So, um, Malcolm, do you have any, uh, last words, last, last statements or whatnot?
2: Follow me on Facebook. If you want to Malcolm Bevel, uh, find me on LLAG, the love life of Asian guy in the comic session. Um, I post from time to time. I might not post uh, as often within the next few weeks, but best believe I'm watching, I'm reading, uh, whether it be health issues or, uh, Social issues. I'm um, I'm here if you have any questions.
1: Hmm, all right, uh, Rain. You don't know to find me. Um, <laughs> hello, I'm an Asian guy again. I post every day, multiple times a day, um, and things are getting really interesting. So if you want to be in on the action, if you want to be on um, sort of the ground floor, uh, there there's a lot of activity, um, and it's a good time to be on the page. So, check it out, read it, uh, read some of the posts, and uh, keep us in mind.
0: All right. This is Johnny Silvercloud, a soul brother, number one of a kind. Got some for your soul and some for your mind. You find me uh, right here on Onyx Truth. You also uh, follow me on Twitter, on that Twitter handle right there. And I'm also on Facebook all over the place. Also, do photography, though, which is found on Flickr, Johnny Silvercloud. Google that name. All right. That's the end of the show. We're out of here. Peace.